From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty Podcast. Welcome to another installment of the Frosty Podcast. I'm Derek Frost, joined as always by Coach Tony Perenni. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course Podbean. We've got a great show again lined up for you today. We're going to be going through the keepers that have been locked, the keepers that we think should happen, um, and talk about who's doing what. Uh, We know that keeper deadline is tomorrow. That's Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And then after, we're excited to be joined by Coach Kevin Hulick, put up a strong showing last year in the league, um, our legal analyst of sorts. Uh, Tony, you ready to get going? Uh, yes, I'm very ready to get going. I'm very ready for this preseason football to end and go away. <laughs> I'm just I'm just over that part. We're three weeks from the first game now. Uh, we're a week, little over a week from draft day. So you know, better days are ahead now. This this preseason stuff's really really getting me down. I, I had to watch another Browns Colts game yesterday with Gary Gilbert against Jacoby Brissett. It was brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was a little rough, but you know we are so close. Week two is wrapping up of the preseason, and then we got two more, and then let's get rolling. Yep, here we go. And really, the just to echo from our last podcast, the NFL news and notes have remained very, very slow on that end as well. Um, you know, Josh Gordon has more lives than the average house cat, but that's about the only thing new we have to report right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, went on a pro football talk this morning, and the big news is Jerry Jones in a presser said, Zeke who? And then looked at the camera and said, we're just joking with you. Uh, and Antonio Brown is still having helmet issues. Uh, he found a new, uh, a, a newer model of the same helmet, and the NFL quickly tested a version of it and said, nope, that's not going to fly. So that's about it. Yeah, somewhere in, in AB's head, the whole dilemma became i need to find a helmet that's less than 10 years old like no you need to find a helmet that meets requirements for the league and the helmet you've been using forever just doesn't right yeah so that's that situation i'm sure will fix itself and isn't really worth i think a whole lot of time so let's just get into keepers have a little fun with that so the first team we had on our podcast Coach Steve Groover's team, we know that he's really made his name through keepers. Um, he even has uh, has pushed the envelope with the rules uh, as it fits his strategy. And I think, you know, hey, fortune favors the bold. So when he was on here, he talked about uh, Julian Edelman and Mixon. And then, of course, we know the trade with you and Steve Connor for... Um, Connor for Kittle. So James Connor, Julian Edelman, Joe Mixon. Tony, how do you feel about those keepers? Uh, that's, a, that's another solid crew he has coming through next year. And I'm assuming at this point that he's decided against keeping Patrick Mahomes, but that's something to keep an eye on for 8 p.m. tomorrow to see whether Mahomes becomes available. Have the, uh, have the top fantasy quarterback out there on the market would be huge for our league. <clears throat> so there's going to be a lot of eyes on that, on that situation there. Um, but yeah, another, another strong crew for, for Steve. It's not like he's coming in this year with a bunch of scrubs as his keepers. He's got some guys that really have a chance to be in the top half of the league for their respective positions. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's only going to be spending here, um, six, 12, 18, uh, you know, $30 on keepers. So he's, he's going to have a lot of money now in the draft. You know, we talked to Tim last week, he's looking to spend, you know, he's looking to only have 115 available of his 200. So uh, Steve's going to have a lot of money in the draft. He has a lot of solid keepers. Uh, he's going to put up a heck of a squad again. Yeah, and you know that he knows how to draft, too. So that's a lot of ammo for him to use. He found some real diamonds in the rough last year. Uh, be interesting to see who he's targeting come Monday night. So our next coach uh, is Coach Kalen King. Now, he's looking to keep Marlon Mack. Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. Tony, how do you how do you feel about those ones? That's a strong crew. There's a little more little more dollars being spent there by Kalen than uh, what you typically keep in in your keeper pool. But 
the players are worth it. All all three have a chance to be legitimate legitimate top ten players. Uh, got to wonder if if he's keeping an eye on Marlon Mack's situation with Luck's injury there in Indianapolis because Luck misses significant time with that uh, calf foot high ankle, lower body injury, or whatever they're calling it these days, it's going to have a drastic effect on the entire roster. So um, that might be something to keep an eye on here in the 11th hour for Kalen. Yeah, and when we talked to Kalen, you know, that was at the time when Luck was really planning on on making that full comeback and that, you know, the other, the other guy that he can get relatively cheap at a good value is Damian Williams. Now, you know, Damian Williams is nowhere near the talent of Marlon Mack, but if he's looking to keep somebody with good value, Damian Williams might be that guy. But I think ultimately, if I'm if I'm Coach King, I'm sitting there, if I'm wavering on Marlon Mack, I'm not going to pick up Damian Williams. I'm either going to keep Mack or put him back out there and try to get somebody else in the draft. Now, when we've talked to Peshin, we've talked to Taft, you know, they're talking about that increased premium on these running backs. And I, I'm with them. I, I think there is going to be a higher cost. So is it worth $6 to go ahead and keep Marlon Mack, hoping luck comes back versus send him back out there and try to get another top top 20 back and you're going to pay a lot more? Yeah, I don't know. I think Damian Williams is probably going to be a tough choice for him because it's all about opportunity and you know how high octane that Chiefs offense is going to be. So if you're going to be the top back in that backfield and get 60, 70% of the work, you're going to accumulate some stats for fantasy. It's just, it's going to happen, especially in an Andy Reid offense who probably uses a running back in the passing game better than any coach out there. So I could, I could very well see this being uh, a situation where you see the switcheroo from Marlon Mack to Damian Williams, because, um, you know, the opportunity might be there for Williams. And I, I could see him going for uh, at least mid-20s for dollar-wise. Yeah, and ESPN has him at the, at the time we interviewed Kalen for 18. And uh, Kalen would be able to get him for six. So, it, it, you know, Damian Williams. So, yeah, maybe he is going to pick between Williams and Mack. Um, I, I think either way, you can't go can't necessarily go wrong. Um Either way, one of them's coming out into the draft. So he can't keep well, he, he probably not gonna keep both. Yeah, good news for the running back needy out there, and we heard from a lot of them. So let's go to Tyler Kerr's team next. So he's looking at James White, at Robert Woods, and then pretty surprisingly, Jarvis Landry. Now we brought up the whole Jarvis Landry thing when we talked to him. He got him for 17 last year. ESPN had an average auction of 8.4 for him this year. Um, and even with an increase, Ty's going to pay 22 for him. So, Tony, does that one make sense to you? No, I'm not sure I believe him on that one. Um, I know it made for great radio to suggest that Jarvis Landry was coming back for another year for uh, Coach Kerr's squad, but I'm just not sure I see the value there. And I have a hard time believing in a year as pivotal as this one is for him, that he's going to pin his hopes on a rather expensive Jarvis Landry, who's going to have to divide even more shares of the targets in Cleveland this year with his good buddy OBJ. So I'm not sure you're going to see an uptick in fantasy stats for this guy coming around. You know, and in talking to Ty, I don't think he's a big stat guy. I think he's a gut feeling guy, which which is okay, except when your fandom starts to cloud that. And I don't think Ty's the biggest raw raw Browns fan out there. But I think Jarvis Landry is a name he knows and a name he equates with with good and successful. So I'm just worried that Ty's gonna is going to pick Jarvis because he he knows the name. It's a it's a household name. In and around the Cleveland and Columbus area, and, and that may be the what pushes it over the edge. Yeah, I know he was worried about keeping multiple guys from the same team, but I really think his best bet is to keep Woods and Brandon Cooks from the Rams. You know that McVay's offense spreads that ball around quite a bit, um, and those those three with with Cooper Cup are on the field every single snap. 
in St. Louis. They don't vary their personnel very much. So there's constant opportunity there for them. Uh, if I was in his shoes, I would take Cooks over Landry uh, for sure. Yeah, and so Cooks will cost them uh, another 22. So same as Landry, ESPN has them for 20.7 average auction value and a player ranking of 13 compared to Jarvis of 18. So I, I don't think ESPN thinks there's going to be a whole lot of production difference, but the you're, you're getting a better value. They do think Brandon Cooks is going to be better. And uh, look, I mean, the, the Browns offense, they're going to be spreading the ball around all over the place. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think Jarvis Landry is a smart call there. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to slice the apple in Cleveland these days, and I'm not sure a lot of that share is going to go to Landry. You know, I, I know he, he dropped Melvin Gordon in the discussion, too. I think he ended up choosing against it just for how much he's going to cost them. He's going to cost them almost 60 at $59. And Melvin Gordon, at the time, average auction value, 45.4. You know, and we don't know if, if he's going to play. That situation is really looking sticky. But, you know, with the same idea of Jarvis Landry, does Ty get excited about Melvin Gordon? Because Gordon is still going to go high in the draft. We draft before the season starts. And I I think having a top five back, definitely a top 10 back available, he's going to go get some money. So is Melvin Gordon a guy you consider? Uh, I wouldn't. I, I think his best bet on that one is if he really does like Melvin Gordon. He can pull the move that you did a couple of years ago with Zeke, uh, take advantage of the uncertainty, let him go, redraft him for a lower value. Uh, I think that opportunity is going to be there because I think his situation right now with his holdout is going to scare off a lot of people on draft night. And I think the question that everybody has about Ty's team is what do you do with Rob Gronkowski? So he had Gronk for 40 last year. He's going to cost him 45 this year. Uh, you know, I don't think you keep him for 45, but it, it just brings up the Gronk thing again. Do you draft him if you're, you know, he's, Ty's not going to keep a tight end. He was very down on Gr- Rob Gronkowski. He was very down on tight ends in general, saying he's not even going to draft one this year. He's just going to have that empty slot every week. Obviously, we know he's joking with that, but, uh, you know, to bring the Rob Gronkowski thing back yet again, because it's a player I absolutely love. I have his jersey in my closet. Do you draft him? That would be quite the pivot if you went and took Rob Gronkowski after saying he was taking no tight ends. That would be a, a massive jump from no tight ends to a retired tight end. Um, yeah, I can see it. I can see it happening. He might be the guy. Just run it back. Realize that last season was a fluke. If he gets healthy Gronk for the back end of the season, that could definitely be something enticing to add to his team. We already know he's not going to Tom Brady route a quarterback this year, so uh, he'll have somebody else throwing to him in that fantasy lineup. Yeah, uh, you know, and Boston Globe reporting that, you know, it's just a, an opinion piece, but, you know, few people are taking this retirement seriously and most think he's coming back. They talk, They've talked to a lot of, guys throughout the league and it just uh seems like he's he's gonna come back at least that's what everybody's saying uh is it wishful thinking i don't know certainly for me it's wishful thinking football is better when Gronk's on the field you've been holding out that story on me we could have made an entire segment out of that one (laughs) what are you doing listen if gronk comes back if gronk comes back we are gonna have a whole podcast Fully on Rob Gronkowski. I think we have to. The culmination of Gronk watch. It's going to happen. All right. Who's up next? Next up is Tim Taft. We talked about. We just talked to him recently. So not surprisingly. He wants to keep Adam Thielen. Uh, A little bit surprisingly. He wants to keep Deshaun Watson again. Uh, And then. I was very surprised. I think you were too. He wants to keep David Johnson. Now, his his rationale does make sense. I, I don't think he's a guy who's getting sucked into fandom or anything like that. But he would keep David Johnson for 62. He got him for 57 last year. 
He's an expected player rank of nine and an average auction of 47. So it's not ridiculously out of the realm of possibility that he would go for 62 in our league, especially if some of these other guys who are top 10, top 15 backs go off the board earlier. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach without a a solid RB one and I'm looking at my roster and David Johnson comes up, you know, the quarterback situation there, rookie quarterback, it's, it's a little iffy. So I think they're going to rely on the running game quite a bit in this air raid offense. I think you're going to see that changing. Tony, what do you think about that David Johnson keep? Um, he's he's obviously going for the the Todd Gurley aspect of this, where the guy's stuck in a terrible offense the year before with an antiquated scheme, finally gets a shot in the arm with a young offensive coach coming in uh, that's going to get everybody involved there, and you're banking on him having a big bounce-back season. I, I could honestly see that happening for David Johnson because if the Cardinals are going to have any success there, they're going to need to lean on DJ pretty heavily because all the receivers there are pretty young outside of Larry Fitzgerald. And then you have Kyler Murray stepping right in as quarterback. They did nothing to address the offensive line in the offseason, which was a major, major problem for them last season. So Kyler's going to be back there running for his life. He's going to need David Johnson to be a safety blanket for him in the passing game. So I can definitely see what Tim was going for on this one. I don't think it's ridiculous. I, I, be completely honest with you I was going to be targeting David Johnson in the draft um, to pair with the two running backs that I have because I think he's that good from a talent standpoint and I think he's had a couple down seasons where uh, you get in the draft he might go for a few less dollars than maybe he's worth so to me his real value probably is in the 60s he probably wouldn't quite go there in a draft setting just because of the the past two seasons he's had with the wrist injury and with Mike McCoy's offensive coordinator. But uh, no, I, I don't think it's ridiculous uh, for Tim. He pretty clearly would rather stick with the RB one that he has than have to uh, get into a bidding war for one come next Monday night. So, um, you know, advanced draft pick might've paid a little bit of a premium, but at least he knows he has his guy going to the draft. You know, and with Tim's overall strategy, I mean, we talked about it. He, he only spent 185 last year. So he's not a guy that sits in the middle of the draft saying, oh, my God, I have no money. So even if, you know, he spends extra, you know, I, I guess this increased premium on David Johnson is almost the exact money that he kept over from last year's draft. And I know he was joking that he was like he was going to use the 15 from last year, pay the premium. Obviously, that's not how it works. But. You know, I just worry, is this a fear of kind of a sunk cost issue? Like, I've already spent this much for him. I don't know. I just, I worry about this pick. David Johnson has not proven to be the guy. He gets hurt. He's underutilized. How good is he? We don't know right now. And that's a lot of money to be thrown out on a big question mark. Yeah, it's... It's a, it's, it's a risky play on his part, and he's going to go into this draft having the least amount of money to spend of all the managers going with the strategy. But um, I think he's just betting on the talent on this one. Um, the, the RB1 market in our draft is not going to be especially high. You're obviously going to have Saquon, who's going to go for big, big dollars. You're going to have Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, depending on what you think of his season coming forward. But... Um, no, Melvin Gordon will probably be there, but he has his question marks. Uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, we haven't talked about Vince's keepers yet, but does he keep him? Does he not? I'm guessing he probably will. So I'm not expecting Zeke to be available. Um, that, that market's going to be pretty dry. So um, if you inserted David Johnson in there with Saquon and with Le'Veon, you know, 60 bucks might actually happen. So if you decide he's your guy that you want to roll with, um, like like you said, he really, since he's been the guy from a running back one standpoint, uh, he really hasn't produced. Uh, he obviously had his good rookie season uh, where he took the lead by storm. Um, that was in a Bruce Arians offense. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he can get it back this year with Cliff Kingsbury, who I think I think that team's going to have quite a few issues on that side. I think this is definitely something we're going to watch throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. 
Next coach up here is Coach Joe Reedy. Now, when we talked to Joe, you know, looking at his ESPN values and all that, he doesn't really have anybody for a positive value. So the one player he mentioned was keeping Tyreek Hill. He got him for 12 last year, so he's going to cost him 17 this year. He had a player ranking of one, so an average auction value of 15. I think that's a that's a really solid keeper there. It's essentially a, an advanced draft pick, but I, I do think Tyreek Hill in that offense now, and that, I should say that 15-5 at the time was before we knew he wasn't getting suspended, so I'm sure that number has climbed significantly so i think this is gonna be a great keep for joe yeah it's a no-brainer on his part tyreek was uh right up in there in our top five list of keepers from last year and he could very well do that again next year if mahomes has a, a similar season to to last year uh, tyreek can obviously affect the game with one touch so he's particularly dangerous in the terms of fantasy football he's almost to sean jackson but uh with with even more skills uh, from the underneath game and everything, Deshaun's more of a one-trick pony, run deep and catch it. But uh, Tyreek, you can get him involved in the screen game. You can get him involved in slants. Uh, he's, he's a major weapon. It's, it's a no-brainer to see that Joe's bringing him back. Uh, rest of his roster, you know, he filled it up with some high-priced guys last year that probably won't be any value in keeping for this year. So I would expect he's just keeping Tyreek. And then um, – you know, he's going he's gonna to go after it again in the draft and look to spend some money. So next up is Dave Peschen's team. And I don't think any big surprises here. He's going to keep Christian McCaffrey second-ranked t- uh, running back, rather. He's going to keep him for 54. Uh, ESPN's predicting 59. So a positive value of 5.2, I think an advanced draft pick. But Christian McCaffrey's that guy that probably could easily go in the 60s if he's in the draft. So I think a good pick by Dave, uh, Jared cook. We talked about the tight ends, how it's tight ends is always a difficult position. He's the fifth ranked tight end. He's going to keep him for six. So again, I think another great keep there. And then Chris Carson running back, uh, 15th ranked running back. He's going to get him for $15 uh, ne- uh, value of negative 2.8. So again, advanced draft pick. And Dave is the one who first brought up that premium on running backs, especially because of our keeper league. So he thinks that's going to end up being a very positive keep. How do you feel about his keepers? I think they make a lot of sense. McCaffrey's obviously a no brainer. Um, I would do, I would do Jared cook. If I were in issues, just given where the tight end position is at. Um, and then Chris Carson, I, you could easily see him going for 25 bucks in the draft if he's thrown back in. So if you believe in the talent there, um, that, makes a lot of sense to keep him and not get involved in the draft from his standpoint. Now, coach, let's look at your team here. Uh, You have, you told us Alvin Kamara, you told us uh, Aaron Jones, and then obviously George Kittle based on that trade. Uh, Is that still who you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no change on my side. These guys have been locked in for a while now. So, um, I'm going to have a lot of money to play with because the value of these guys is very low for what I have them dollar-wise. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to have a lot of money to work with come draft day. Now, looking forward to the coaches we haven't talked to yet, and we're going to be talking to Kevin here real soon. So this is going to be purely speculative on our part. But if you're Kevin Hewlett, Tony, who are you keeping from his roster? I think uh, – it's definitely going to be DeAndre Hopkins. I think you have him for around 40 bucks. Uh, we talked about how impressive he was last year, 100-plus catches, no drops. He's the go-to guy in that offense. He's explosive. Uh, not going to expect those numbers to dip at all this year, uh, even if something happens to Deshaun Watson, even in years where there's been a backup quarterback throwing to Hopkins, he's produced. Uh, he, he's a weapon. So i got to think that Kevin is taking advantage of that and bringing him back. I'd probably look at DJ Moore, too, for my other receiver position. He'd have him for $6. I think Moore is going to be a pretty big piece of that Panthers offense this year, and you have Cam Newton coming back healthy finally. So um, I'd probably keep both of them. You have your receiver position locked up then, and you can focus on running backs then in the draft with a decent amount of money to work with. Yeah, and so Kevin got 
Hopkins last year for 35. So like you said, he's going to cost him 40. Second ranked wide receiver coming into the league. ESPN has him going for 51. So a positive $11 value for for Kevin. That makes a lot of sense. And DJ Moore, another one. Uh, they have him as a 36th top ranked uh, wide receiver. But obviously with the Cam Newton offense, you never know what's going to happen. But he's only going to have him for $6. So even if even if he turns into a complete bust, $6 have been spent on, on worst picks. So I'm with you there. I think those are probably going to be a solid. Um, the only other interesting one in there is maybe Eric Ebron. Uh, tight end. Kevin got him for a dollar out of the draft last year, so it only cost him 6 and is the fourth-ranked tight end coming into the this year. I know it caught a touchdown pass in last night's preseason game. Um, any any consideration for Eric Ebron there for $6? I probably wouldn't. I'm not an Ebron guy, but there's just one thing to be said for the tight ends there in Indy. They're probably the guys that wouldn't be impacted that heavily by a luck injury because when Brissett has been in there, he's used the tight ends really heavily. So I think for Ebron and for Jack Doyle, their values probably remain about the same regardless of who's throwing them the ball in that offense. So, um, you know, given our statements on where the tight ends are, uh, it, it could be a possibility for Kevin to keep him. Next up here, we have uh, Go- Coach Gorgonzola. So this is my old roster, uh, which which brings a little tear to my eye. But I think, you know, the Zeke thing is, is the really interesting one there. Um, so Zeke would cost him 52 to keep this year. And obviously he's still holding out. So, Tony, what what do you think about Vince Keep of, of Zeke there? It's getting a little dicey at this point that he still hasn't uh, reported. But as, as we mentioned previously, I still think he's there week one. Um, he's probably going for around that in the draft, around the 52 bucks. So if you decide that you want uh, Zeke on your roster, I think you still keep him in this instance. And maybe you just make it a higher priority to go get Tony Pollard as the handcuff uh, out of Dallas there. Who else do you think uh, that Vince keeps? Uh, Chubb is absolutely going to be kept, uh, especially with uh, Duke Johnson being traded here. You know, especially early on in the season, Chubb is going to get a lot of work there in that offense, and there's a lot of weapons around him, so there should be a lot of running lanes for him because nobody's going to be able to stack the box against Cleveland this year. Um, and then Zach Ertz, I think, is also a no-brainer. Um, you don't want to throw him back in the tight end landscape. You're going to be paying probably close to 30 bucks of a premium for him uh, if, if you have to go into the draft for him because there's just no other tight ends out there. So I, I, think, I think if he decides he wants Zeke, then his uh, keepers are probably pretty straightforward there. And then our last coach here, uh, another newcomer, Charlie Thurber. Now, Charlie's done something interesting with his rosters, and, and it, it makes sense. He has gotten rid of everybody except for four guys. Uh, so I think he's he's pretty much uh, down to those four trying to figure out who he's going to keep. Tony, who do you think he ultimately decides on? I think Carrion Johnson is definitely going to be one of them. He, has, he would have him for $6. Theo Riddick is out from that offense this year. They've got rid of him and has a lot of catches. So if carry on takes on even half those targets, he's going to be a big time fantasy weapon there. The question always is whether Matt Patricia will use him correctly, but eventually there's going to, it's either carry on or CJ Anderson there. And Anderson's not going to have the advantage of coming in in week 15 this year when everybody's already worn down, he's going to have to be, ready to go from the get-go and i'm not not certain that that's going to happen there so i think carry on's a no-brainer and i'd probably look at mike evans you'd have him for i believe 45 dollars a little expensive probably about where he would go in the draft but you have bruce arians running the show there you know he likes to push the ball downfield that fits evans strengths that fits Jameis winston's strengths as well i think uh there could be a lot of fantasy impact there for mike evans um those are probably the two I would look at if I'm Charlie. Yeah, and carry on Johnson's only going to cost you six this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's good value for him. I agree with you. I think Mike Evans is going to go pretty high in the league again. So we're, we're, I'm interested to see what Charlie has to say. Uh, if, you know, because he's done this before. 
I think he has an interesting interesting outlook on on drafts on keepers on auction uh, especially with him being first first year in our league but certainly not first year in fantasy football and probably amongst the most fantasy football experienced in the league is going to be an interesting one yeah yeah i'm excited to see what he does i know we beat up his roster pretty bad in the early podcasts uh, suggesting that he might get rid of everybody but there were some hidden gems on that roster that when you actually get down into it and i, I could definitely see him keeping these guys and having some good money to play with, basically $150 in the draft to go improve that roster. And I think he has a talent to do it drastically. So next up, Tony, we are going to have Coach Kevin Hulick with us. We're going to ask him all the questions we've been asking all offseason and see what he thinks. Uh, you know, We said that his keepers were going to be Hopkins and more. We'll see if he agrees with that or if he has another one in there. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Kevin. Yeah, looking forward to it. All that after the break. This is Derek Frost from the Frosty Podcast. You know, when we moved a couple years ago, we had to say goodbye to our house, old neighborhood, and even our fitness instructor. Luckily, we worked out at Thurber Total Fitness, a national chain with over 300 locations across the country. When we arrived here in Youngstown, it was so easy to settle in. We loved our new home, hit it off with the neighbors, and didn't miss a set thanks to Thurber Total Fitness. To find out where the nearest Thurber Total Fitness location is to you, visit their website at thurbertotalfitness.com and click on their directory. That's thurbertotalfitness.com, your number one club for fitness across America. Now here's more Frosty Podcast. Joining us on the Frosty Hotline is Coach Kevin Hulick. He went 6-7 and seven last year snuck into the playoffs as the fifth ranked team uh, in in three teams that were six and seven two of them made the playoffs one of them didn't Kevin fortunately is one of the ones that did um, and actually had a first round win before he lost to Steve Groover's squad in the second round welcome to the frosty podcast Kevin Hulick thank you so Kevin I'm you know, sorry, can you tell us what's that line what am I supposed to say my script is cutting out. <laughs> the lawyer is the one who needs the script. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, Kevin, you you finished six and seven last year. You made the playoffs. Overall, how do you think last season went for you? Uh, mediocre, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, it went. Obviously, I made the playoffs, so that was nice. Uh, I knew once I faced Steve, though, that, that was probably going to be the end of the run. Um, you know, it's just some of my gambles didn't really work out. But it was another mediocre year. Uh, I think for the last three years, I've made the, the semis each year. So kind of just stuck trying to get over the hump. It's a perfect segue, Kevin. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this uh, this frosty podcast with story time here. So okay. we're, we're gonna flash back to last fall. Um, I, I want to say it was like a Thursday or Friday. I'm sitting at my desk at work. Um, it probably was a Friday. Once. It was a Friday. Okay, it was a Friday. You know, he knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, sitting there doing some work. All of a sudden, my phone buzzes. I look down. Um, Keenan Allen was traded to Steve Groover. Uh, he was already undefeated at that point. I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. I put my phone down. I get back to work uh, angrily. Then f- only five minutes later, my phone buzzes again. I look down. Saquon Barkley traded to Steve Groover. Um, and that was, that was the day the fantasy season ended right there. <laughs> when both of you guys that we have on this podcast right now just gift-wrapped star players to Steve Groover. Um, well, we Let's didn't give them away for free. Let's start with Kevin. Uh, well, what, do you, what do you have to say, with, say for yourself? I may have given them away for free. <laughs> so um, that trade was about getting keeper value back because I had drafted Saquon Barkley for $61, and I could see that I probably wasn't in a position to win the league last year. So I was going to get Kareem Hunt back at a good value someone that would be affordable and definitely worth keeping. And at that point, I think he was like the number five running back in the league and Saquon was number two. 
So getting that and Kenyon Drake, I thought it was a fair deal for me in the sense of, you know, I was looking at the long term. Granted, I did not know that Kareem Hunt uh, was going to have fun at the, well, not have fun. Ruin my fantasy team at the nine. <laughs> and no one could have seen that, I, I guess, except for Steve, apparently. And I think that says something about him. Steve's got sources at the nine. You, you can't yeah. trust that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, I knew that Steve had already gotten Keenan Allen, and I knew that he was going to he was going to have a very strong team. But at that point, he was already undefeated anyway. I just didn't see it in the cards that my team was going to be able to beat him. So I had to do what was best for me. So, so comment on your roster then from that point moving forward, because um, obviously the deal didn't uh, work out too well in your favor. You didn't have Kareem Hunt for very long before the incident happened. Kenyon Drake was stuck in Adam Gase hell down there in Miami and couldn't get loose. Um, That's true. You still managed to make the playoffs and win a round. So uh, what, what did it for you? Um, well, I, I had a pretty solid roster overall. Um, obviously Hopkins had a great year. Um, Roethlisberger, I think came in at like the second uh, end of the season as like the third best quarterback. So that was helpful. Eric Ebron had a career year. Um, so I still had good performing pieces, but you know, when, uh, that trade was happening, I looked at, you know, what, what Steve's lineup was and what my lineup was. And I just realized that I, I wasn't going to be able to compete. So, you know, the thought was focused on the long term. Um, but I, I still put together a, a solid season, but yeah, I mean, the hunt thing that just really, uh, you know, te- that just worked out terribly for me. Uh, coupled with the fact that I, draft I kept Le'Veon Bell and I did not expect him to sit out the entire year obviously so I think I bought he was $65 Saquon was $61 so by the end of the season $126 of draft value was amounted to Kenyon Drake that's rough not how I saw it playing out that is not ideal yeah so I guess suffice it to say, last year, uh, Lady Luck was not on my side. So, Kevin, I, I would agree. Like, Lady Luck, definitely not on your side. So, I, I guess, how are you looking to really improve your luck through strategy this year? Well, you know, I think in hindsight, we got to value character. And my squad just wasn't doing that, I guess. We have to value commitment. We got to be a little worrisome about these running backs that only have one year's left on their deal. I can tell you, I will not be drafting Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Neither will I be drafting Ezekiel Elliott because that's just two problems there. <laughs> what if they're really cheap, though? Well, you can never turn down a nice bar. <laughs> <laughs> Value is key, as we know. So I guess, Kevin, I mean, if I'm you, I, I am a little a little gun shy. And I think a lot of people around the league are because of the Le'Veon Bell situation with guys like Zeke and Gordon. You know, so let's just fast forward to draft day and neither guy is kept. But they're both going to be draftable. I mean. Like you said, you still, you know, bargains are bargains, but how high are you willing to go on guys like that? Um, before I answer that, I just want to get into an aside. I could tell you that if Jordan Pennell was in our league, Zeke Elliott would not go for a discount. In fact, he would go for a record price. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to think about it. Um, the sense where I'm coming from is, you know, maybe with guys like that, it's really going to have to, it's going to push up the value of the other running backs that are, you know, the high quality players. Like, I mean, I don't imagine that Steve would keep Saquon. So, you know, he's obviously going to go for a very high price. I don't know if Dave's going to keep Christian McCaffrey because he had a high keeper value too. But, 
you know, those two guys are going to be extremely expensive, coupled with the fact that uh, we know Tony's going to keep Kamara. So the and you know the running back market is going to be is going to be thin. So I'm going to have to see how it plays out if people are really going to be spending the huge huge amounts on these running backs. I mean, I would not be surprised to see one of the top running backs go for like sixty eight dollars, which I don't plan to get get in on that, but I think someone will. Yeah, I know you haven't and, been able to uh, listen to. Okay. <clears throat> I was going to say, oh, but who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, uh, we're going to have that draft at Buffalo Wild Wings and things get a little frisky and the, the bids start going. You know, I'm uh, one yingling in and feeling feeling dangerous, as they say in Cleveland. So all it takes is one yingling and all of a sudden, boom, $70 down Saquon. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I hadn't eaten dinner yet, you never know. You know, and that's one of the things that that has come up in the last few years in our league is the auto drafting issues. I, I guess not so much last year, but the year before, when Pennell was auto drafting, and I, I don't know if we're gonna have any auto drafts this year. I don't think anybody's planning on having to auto draft, but that year that was driving up the costs on some of these guys. You know, and we talked about with, and I know Kevin, you've been uh, a little busy with outside stuff, but both Dave and Tim in their podcast talked about that there is a, they think is going to, there's going to be a premium on some of these running backs and stuff because we have so many keepers of top tier running backs, but a lot of top tier running backs are still going to be in the draft and therefore their value is going to be higher because the supply is lower. Um, So if, if you have an auto draft plus that, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys like a Saquon Barkley shows up in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, neither would I. Yinglings are not. Yeah, well, I mean, it also depends, too. Um, I think Tony mentioned a while back that, you you know, some of these people don't really know their strategy as much, so maybe they are, you know, uh, maybe Vince is really a uh, a big spender, and he'll, he'll, he'll flash the cash pretty early, but, you know, maybe... I. I I guess my my thought is I'm not sure if some people are going to be holding so tight to the vest as we've seen in years past, especially for the running backs. Wide receivers is a whole different ballgame, but running backs are just so valuable. And I think another dynamic, because you brought up, you know, going to Buffalo Wild Wings and that, and so the Northeast Ohio crew, I think, is is planning on doing that. You mm-hmm. know, two years ago, we had the draft party where a lot of the a lot of oh, the guys were... Kicker gate. Right? Uh, so a lot of the guys were you know all together and so that that creates a new dynamic one there's a lot more distraction because there's side conversations all that stuff but two i think it does create that competition that is yeah both in person well, and on the, the computer in the room. right and so i think some guys artificially inflate you know as part of the strategy uh, i know that was one of my strategies is i would i would just keep driving up the cost hoping that guys would keep betting um, and occasionally you get stuck with the guy, but uh, you know, yeah, I had that last I, year. That's how I got stuck with Demarius Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually how I got Keenan Allen. I wasn't going to pay that much for him, but oh, so now I, now we know why he gave him the Steve for nothing. <laughs> hey, I got Nick Chubb out of that, and I had no running backs. I had only Zeke at the time, but uh, I had no backup yeah. running back. But anyways, not the point. I'm not in the league anymore. I'm sorry. Didn't you didn't about. you quit? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Retired is the word, Kevin. I retired. <laughs> well, he did get better keepers back than you did, Kevin. <laughs> I'll give him that. Well, he, he didn't keep them. Who, Chubb? Yeah, you, I mean, you didn't keep them. Well, I, no, I, I retired. Yeah, because you exactly. Keeper value. He was exercising goodwill and gifting him to the next manager. <laughs> You know, I actually was, and that's why I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy because I I was thinking about that. I kept some extra guys. You even know, it's been my like, experience that during podcasts, if guys have to say I'm a nice guy, I'm a nice guy, there's really some questions there. <laughs> well, I'm not exactly the best fantasy football owner, so I have to have in some the, positive attribute in all this. In the words of uh, Tywin Lannister, no true king needs to say I am the king. 
All right, Kevin. So we're hitting a little blow of the belt, but that's fine. We'll let it go. But last time Kevin's on the podcast. <laughs> One and done. Oh. <laughs> Got a what's that phrase? Uh, better to burn out than fade away. <laughs> I'm seeing a Kevin Cowherd Baker Mayfield situation going on right about now. So you know what, Kevin? I came on here. You know, it wasn't. It was gonna try to build you up, and now forget it. The rest of the season, I'm just gonna tear you down, and never invite you back on the podcast to let you defend well, yourself. It's over. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just ready for the criticism of Tyler Kerr to stop. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's. I'm sure once draft day comes, we're gonna have a whole new batch of stuff, mostly probably oh, yeah. towards Tyler. Probably. Did, did you did you know Kevin? He's planning on keeping Jarvis Landry for twenty two bucks. Oh, I did not. I, did, I haven't gotten that far in the series. <laughs> You're missing some good stuff. Yeah, I know. I have to go back and catch up. I have them all downloaded. I just, uh, yeah, I just haven't gotten to them. But I will. Especially, and I, have, I guess I have to get them before draft, so I have to know what what the strategies are. Yeah, you know, a busy week. And I'm I'm curious to see as people have talked about their strategies how how truthful they're being, um, you know, because I know I wouldn't give you my real strategy if I was unretired like Gronk is going to be soon. And talking about uh, talking about my strategy, I give you a fake one. Well, this is this is not good advertising for the show, saying that you know we we potentially have some filler in here. I at least on the other hand will admit. I am being very vague about everything, so no <laughs> one has a clue, <laughs> because I don't either. Surprise, so surprise, that, Tony, the lawyers. For this year. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Tony, did you say who, who are my keepers this year? Yeah, so that's a good segue. Um, I will say that I know for sure that I'm going to keep Hopkins. You drafted him for 35 last year. Mm-hmm. You kept him, I guess, for 35 last year. ESPN says he's worth 51. So you'll keep him for 40 with a positive value of 11.1. He was the second top ranked wide receiver. So, I mean, that, that seems like a really solid keeper. I, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's academic to keep him. I mean, um, after that, it gets really weird. Uh, I mean, Eric Ebron was great last year, but the, the underlying numbers there are a little, little shaky he pretty much had you know an insane touchdown rate which who knows you know it's unlikely that he'll replicate that uh let's see who else obviously kareem hunt i was planning on keeping him as of let's say week 10 last year but then intervening events have come in and uh you know i just i just can't support a guy like that on my team unlike uh certain other owners who I've already announced on this podcast that they will be keeping Tyreek Hill. <laughs> no names. Kevin, did, <laughs> Except Tyreek Hill. Kevin, has has Joe reached out to you about trading for Kareem Hunt to pair with Tyreek Hill? Uh, I'm waiting on I've been waiting on that call. Uh, you know, is I'm surprised he's not uh, reaching out to Dave, too, to get Antonio Brown. Being as we just found out last week that Antonio Brown uh, refused to pay a caterer and is now going to court over that. So it just seems like something he's looking for. Antonio Brown's always been a pretty stand-up guy, so (laughs) just add this to the list of things. Well, the the big concern is, you know, anytime you put that guy around any type of – you know, chairs or seating, and he's on top of a, you know, he's on like the second or third floor or something. Watch out, you know, it's coming down. <laughs> yeah, like you, you should have to alert everybody on the sidewalk that Antonio Brown is staying there, right? I think you need a watch for falling objects. <laughs> it's like a construction zone. Maybe an awning for, or, you know, one of those, uh, you know, I, I guess, that, yeah, it's an awning for people to walk under. So Kevin, you've been a you've been a fixture in the playoffs the last couple of years with with strong teams. 
um, haven't been able to quite get there, get to the championship or win yourself a title. Um, what do you have to do differently this year to put yourself over the top? Um, I So, you know, part of it is just uh, you got to find that player that hits and you weren't expecting him to. Like I remember during the draft last year, uh, you know, people had pretty pretty much already gotten their first quarterback and Kalen had already been uh, three deep on his quarterbacks and people were kind of looking into their backups and, you know, then Mahomes comes up and, and Steve gets him and, you know, then Mahomes has this career year. So obviously you gotta, you gotta pick your stars with your big bucks, but it's, it's finding that value that uh, a guy pops when, you know, you're confident he, he will, but, people otherwise people aren't quite seeing it so i I guess it it takes a bit of luck a bit of timing um a lot of research which sadly i have not done so kevin going back to a question now that we've asked everybody we've interviewed so far you know last year last two years we've had the act punishment and nobody has taken it yet Uh, so what do you think about the ACT penalty? Do you have another idea for a penalty, or do you think that something that's already been brought up on this podcast is a good one? So, um, I don't. So, you know, last year during the season, we we voted, and we voted to to do out the ACT. So, I mean, the way I see it, it's not like we actually don't have anything on the books right now. So, and I can understand why people don't want to do the ACT. Um, not because of like their worries about their, you know, future reputation or anything like that, but just because, I mean, for the people taking the test, the students, I could see that being kind of maybe throwing them off and then like, you know, a bunch of people outside hooting and hollering, that could be a problem. Um, But I like Joe's idea. I think that's pretty fun. Um, My kind of, other suggestion, and this did not come from me, it came from, uh, I was talking to one of Tony's friends, and he said that uh, one thing that could you could do is the, the loser of the league does a five-minute stand-up at an open mic night. So I think that could be pretty <laughs> fun. And then, uh, yeah, we, you know, we could have him do that. Um, then maybe we could work in some rules there, like you you can't and you know you can't say that I'm just uh, I'm doing this because I lost my fantasy league. But maybe you could wear a shirt that says I suck at fantasy football while you're doing a stand up routine. Who knows? I mean, there's there's room for invention. But at the end of the day, I would guess that uh, when we vote on this, Joe's Joe's punishment will probably win, and I'll probably vote for Joe's punishment as well. I think it's a fun idea. I'll tell you though, the stand-up thing—that's funny, because that—that could be, you know, I imagine anybody who can would go, and mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are naturally comedians, um, even given time to write and, and create a set. Uh, I think it would be mostly groans rather than laughs, uh, and I—that would be—that would be phenomenal. Well, it's funny because I think like the sets for that for an open mic night are pretty short they're maybe like five minutes so it's not very long but to the person up there i'm sure it would feel like an eternity <laughs> yeah it's a really funny idea i, I like it um i'm gonna have to throw that up there with with joe's idea because we're gonna have to vote on this pretty soon the season's almost here we're, we're down to uh, a couple weeks here to decide what we want to do so um i really like the idea i think that would be hilarious to have somebody up there um, just hearing crickets after all their jokes. Yeah. <laughs> that and if, uh, you know, they got flustered or angry, that people weren't laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would be the best for a stand-up routine? Like, who do you think would actually get the most laughs? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I think Joe would probably do pretty well at it. Um, I think he'd definitely do his homework and come up with ideas for good jokes. Um, some people, I think they'd go in with more of a winging it approach, which uh, 
I don't think that's something you want to be doing for a, a comedy debut. <laughs> Who do you think would do the worst? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of candidates. <laughs> like you like, said, like most of us. Of, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not a lot of natural talent uh, for for a stand-up amongst our group, I don't think. Um, I don't know. I guess it, at that point, it'd come down to who, who would do the worst in terms of, like, really getting thrown off that their jokes weren't landing. Um, that, so that's hard to say. Because, uh, I, I, like, for Tony, I don't think Tony would really get rattled by it. So he wouldn't, like you know, overreact. Whereas uh, I could see Tim getting like pretty fired up that people aren't laughing. I think, I think Tim would almost like he, he would be okay with it. I, I think he would be able to just like flow through it. I think Joe actually would have the hardest time. If it like, I think he would do the most prep. He already watches a lot of comedians. So I'm sure he would, uh, we'll say be inspired by other comedians, but I think at the same time, if the jokes aren't landing, I think he would become the most visibly flustered by it. That's possible. Um, yeah, it all depends on if his jokes land or not. Um, I could see Dave getting fired up if his jokes weren't landing as well. <laughs> yeah, I could too. <laughs> Potentially walking off at minute four. <laughs> With, uh, you know what? Fine, just fuck this. <laughs> God, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. And, that's a really good idea. And I'm sure we can get a recording of the stand-up and have it here on the podcast. <laughs> could be the, you could have a, a line of it as the intro music. <laughs> I, want, I want the uh, the hissy fit and walking off the stage as the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, let's let's wrap up with this. Uh, how are things going out there on the recruiting trail as you look for a uh, a corporate sponsor for your team name? Well, there is uh, there is one offer on the table, and uh, it is I would be the the Saber Sabers. Um, I know for you two, that's not a uh, not something that's really in the wheelhouse, but for uh, the half of our league that watches the office. They know that that's a valuable sponsor, and to to be clear, it it is not pronounced Sabre. It is Sabre. <laughs> you know that'd be. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, that would be great because the almost the sub theme of our league is the office with the corporate and sales divisions. Um, so that would fit right in with our league. Well, it is. Uh, it is a protest because, as you know, I was a heavy heavy proponent of the office theme and I was upset to see that we lost but you know it is what it is um but I will be honest as uh I think I know Tim has made fun of me pretty much every year for this uh I pretty much just picked my name at the last minute so you know things are are in flux and open to change I'm not really good with commitment so you know once once we get there I'll, I'll pick a name but who knows Maybe Sabre falls by the wayside. No commitment from Kevin on the name, but we do have an idea. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll decide here if you are welcomed back onto the show. I think I think the listeners will, uh, will support me. <laughs> as long as you don't trade any superstars to Steve this year, yes. <laughs> don't burn the bridge. Well, hey, we... I'm not ruling anything out. Kevin, appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, take it easy, guys. So, Tony, that was Kevin Hulick. What did you think about his uh, his strategy coming in? Sounds like he has a good feel for what he wants to do. It's uh, pretty evident that the uh, the trades he made last year did not work out too well for him. It doesn't sound like he's planning on keeping either of those guys. Um, much to my chagrin on uh, you know blasting him for that trade. But I... I he definitely knows his way around these auction 
uh, drafts. So I don't think there's anything to worry about there. He seems to know his strategy going in. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to find some good value there too. Definitely. Uh, so a reminder to everybody, the trade period is open. Keepers are due tomorrow. That's Monday, August 19th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And draft day next week, Tony, August 26th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. For those of us in Northeast Ohio, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in Streetsboro is going to be the site. For those of you not in Northeast Ohio, uh, sucks to be you. You'll have to do it at home. Uh, make sure you get your dues into Joe Reedy before draft day. Uh, Tony. Who do we got next time? We have your boy, Vince Gorgonzola, coming up tomorrow. So going to come fast and furiously this week. We got Vince on Monday. We have Charlie on Wednesday. And then we have our draft preview. And then it is showtime. I can't wait. So, you know, we've been doing all these these preseasons, all this preseason stuff, talking about keepers, talking about draft. But uh, when the season starts, that's when that's when the fun really begins. Yeah, excited to talk about the real thing now. So, a uh, good place to be in our schedule. Yeah, and I'm excited to talk to Vince, uh, kind of re- review my old roster, uh, what he th- thinks of it. I tried my best to leave him some keepers, as as Kevin made fun of me for calling myself a nice guy. But uh, I, I actually thought about you know dropping some guys to try to um, to try to get more value for the current season. I was like, well, I think my team's good enough to not go all the way into the toilet bowl. I'll hang on to a couple of these guys that injured were underperforming. Um, You know, so we'll see what he thinks, if he appreciates it or if I should have screwed him over and gotten rid of everybody. We'll see. I'm sure it'll be appreciated. I'm sure he'll hook you up with a wing or two at B-dubs that night. (laughs) Like, like Tony said, next time we'll be talking to Vince. Uh, he's going to be new in this league. So, uh, you know, how, what's his strategy going to be for, for keeper and for his draft? Um, I don't know if he's ever done an auction draft before, uh, but it'll be, it'll be fun to see how he, how he does here. So, so on behalf of the fortune 500 league, he's Tony Perenni. I'm Derek Frost. Uh, here's the hoping you don't have to do stand up comedy. We'll see you next time.